Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wildlife Control Podcast. It has been a while, over a month, I think, since I've jumped on here. Very, 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 very busy. A lot going on with the companies that I'm running right now. Um, We have been cranking and uh, feel extremely blessed um, to be in the situation that we're in right now. Hope your business is taking off and, and doing well. And today... On this episode, we're going to talk about reverse engineering your goals. I think a lot of people, when they get into business, they're, they're doing it for a paycheck and they don't really know what they're working towards. And I've talked about it on prior episodes about really just figuring out what it is that you want, what kind of lifestyle that you want, and then working backwards from there. Otherwise, it's really hard for me to help you in reality if I don't know what you're trying to accomplish because the, the activity of someone that's trying to build a multi, multi, multi-million dollar wildlife control business is going to look very, very differently than somebody who's trying to build a $400,000 a year, uh, three or four man show wildlife control business. So it really just depends on what you want. And since I think that first hurdle for most people is to get to a million dollars in sales. You know, you get to a million dollars in sales as an owner, you're going to have a lot of freedom. And when I say you're going to have a lot of freedom, you're still going to have to go to work every day and and you should, but you have the ability to utilize your time in a way that you might not be able to do if you only have a couple of guys or if it's just you, obviously. So I'm going to focus today on reverse engineering a million dollar a year wildlife control business and going through some of the things and some of the strategies that you can use to get there as fast as possible. It, it comes down to leads, it comes down to people, and it comes down to operations. How you structure your operation means everything in regards to hitting that goal. A lot of you are running companies that are doing anywhere from uh, you know a hundred thousand up to five hundred thousand dollars, and you're you're pushing and shoving trying to make it work, and things are just not turning out, and it's really hard for you to grow. So we're going to talk about a million dollar a year business. So how do you get to a million dollars a year? What would your expectations be to get to a million dollars a year? And that's, that's top-line revenue. I'm not talking about profitability. I'm talking about revenue. So what do you do? How do you get there as fast as possible? Well, the first thing that makes it extremely easy is look at your leads. Look at your leads and then look at your sales. So for example, you look at your your average sales over the past year. And let's say you're doing $30,000 a month over the past year. And you're averaging 100 leads. So you take the the $30,000, you divide it by 100. So that means that each, if you get your average cost or your average return per lead, it's going to be $300. So for every lead that you get 
although you're not selling every job, uh, you're, you're bringing $300 back into your business. So by reverse engineering that, it tells you something that makes it incredibly simple. How do I increase my leads? Because if I can increase my leads, if I want to do a million dollars in sales, all I got to do is take a million dollars, I divide it by 12, that's $83,333 per month in sales, and then I'm going to divide that by 300. I need 277 leads per month. That's not 277 calls, but actual real leads. These people, they have a a nuisance wildlife problem on their property or on a property that they manage. So I take that 277 in leads, I multiply it by $300 because that's what I've been hitting at and that's just over $83,000 a month. It's that simple. So if I'm getting 100 leads a month right now, and it's from, let's say it's from HomeAdvisor or some other lead generation system, all I got to do is look, what am I spending to get the 100, the 100 leads? Let's say you're spending $20 a lead, 20 times 100, that's 2,000. So I'm spending 2,000 a month. I need to get to 277 leads, 277 divided by 100 is 2.77. So I'm going to take 2.77, multiply it by my, my current budget. I need to be spending $5,540 per month. That's it. So now that I know that, okay, I'm at $2,000. I've been spending $2,000 a month for the past year. And I'm going to bump it up to $5,540 per month as my budget. The first question is, are you willing to waste a little bit of money? Are you willing to waste $3,540 to take a risk to see if you can actually increase your sales? If you're not willing to invest money back into your company, um, you're, you're, you're never going to grow your company. You got to be willing to try things. And sometimes when you try things, you're going to lose money as far as that investment. But it's not that big of a risk when you look at the grand scheme of things because the reward is so great. The other thing to think about is how busy is your salesperson or you? If you're the one doing the sales or your salesperson is the one doing the sales, you should monitor the activity, meaning the amount of time that goes into their day. Because if, if you have a salesperson, or maybe it's you, and you're doing 8 to 10 hours a day as it is to hit that $30,000 in sales a month, in, in my opinion, that means you're not selling enough. Your prices are probably too low. Um, and if you just got your prices up to what the standard should be based off of the wildlife control industry, uh, you're going to see an immediate increase in sales. So you might want to think of that. But 
If you're the owner and you're doing all the sales, you're doing a lot of other jobs obviously too, and you're pulling in $30,000 in sales by yourself, maybe a small portion of that is from one of your technicians, that's, that's not that bad. And I, I know how hard it can be to be an owner and do everything else. Believe me, I've, I've done it all. So when you look at that, you might want to think about, hey, before I start buying more leads, maybe I should take that 35, 40 that I would invest in leads and, and rather than invest in leads, invest in a salesperson. Invest in a salesperson first, because I think that what you'll find is as an owner, if you're doing everything else that you should be doing as an owner, your time is very limited and you don't have the same amount of time a salesperson would to get out there and crank in the sales. Because a salesperson, they're not doing what you're doing. They're not going to the bank. They're not handling accounting. They're not handling administrative and legal and taxes and everything else that has to do with being an owner. A salesperson can focus on being a salesperson. And that's actually where my business really started to take off is when I found a dedicated salesperson that knew what they were doing and that was going all in on every job. They weren't going out there nickel and diamond. Their intention was to go out and sell as much as possible with every opportunity and not cut any corners. And it amazingly grew my business extremely fast just by tweaking that one thing. So, you know, it depends on a lot of different factors there. But I'm definitely going to want to be prepared before I have that increase in leads because guess what? If I'm already full-time or if my salesperson is already full-time, there's no reason for me to get the leads unless I have someone that can handle the leads. You know, you, you got to be prepared. So you got to be smart about it. So, yeah, if, if I'm the one doing the sales... The solution there is get a salesperson in first, see what they're doing. Because maybe when I bring them in, we start doing forty or fifty thousand dollars a month. And and realistically, you should be if you have one full time salesperson and all they're doing is sales, they should probably be selling forty to seventy thousand dollars a month. If that is their main job and they're not doing anything else, and that's kind of the way that we like to structure our company is have. Have somebody that's focused mainly on sales and then have technicians around them getting the work done. That allows everybody to focus on the job at hand and, and not get, get uh, tempted to jump off a job site to go sell a job, which I know you have to do when you're first starting out if you're a one-man show. But once you kind of get that business in there and that revenue up, you can then get other people and you can keep it going. So... You, you, you get the other person in, you get that full-time sales rep, maybe you go from 30 to 40, which I think is still very low, but let's just say you go from $30,000 in sales to $40,000 in sales. So that's great. And, and you got a few months under your belt, the salesperson is, is steady, and you found a good model for, for that salesperson to follow. There's a good incentive there for them. They're, they're getting paid commission on their sales, which every salesperson should. Otherwise, I don't really know why they would want to sell a lot if they're going to make the same thing every month. Um, and then, guess what? Now you have the opportunity to replicate that. 
okay, we're, we're getting the same number of leads and our sales went up $10,000. The leads didn't change. We're getting 10,000 more in sales a month with the, the help of a salesperson. So I went from 30 to 40, for example. So I go to 30 to 40,000. So I'm, I'm trying to get to a million. I'm short about $40,000 a month. So what do I do? Well, it goes back to what I said before. All I need to do now is increase the leads. I need to do I need to either increase the leads, increase my prices, or increase the number of times I'm doing business with my customers. Those are the way to those are the ways to increase your sales. So if you're doing everything you should be doing with your customers, or are you are you converting correctly with the opportunities that you have? Are you actually making sales with the opportunities? Are you following up with every customer that's not selling weeks, months, years later to make sure that their problem was resolved, whether we did it or we didn't do it, and stayed in contact with that, with that potential customer? Because if you're not, you're definitely leaving money on the table. You know, there's times where we followed up a year after we turned in a proposal for a customer. And a year later, we sell it. And it's as simple as calling the customer and saying, hey, this is Kyle with Conserve Wildlife Services. I gave you a proposal um, 12 months ago. Just wanted to touch base again. I know I've called you every month, but just wanted to touch base again and see if you made a decision yet. And sometimes I get the same answer every time. Or maybe I get a voicemail every time. I leave a voicemail every time. Um, there was a situation with a big commercial job. wasn't that big. Decent sized. And they had invited me out to give them a bid on some bird control work. So I had went out there. I don't know what month it was. This is many years ago. This is probably five years ago. I was still out in the field doing a little bit of sales. And I gave him a proposal and it was for $10,000. I gave him the proposal and the guy said, thank you very much. And I will get back to you. This is a huge industrial fortune 500 company. Well, a few days went by, I never heard back from him. And, and there was a book of paperwork that I had to fill out just to get on the property with our insurance and workers comp and all that stuff. So I get in the proposal, I don't hear anything back, and a week turns into a month. I call him, and I've been, I've been texting him, nothing. So I finally found his email, and I emailed him, and I set a reminder for myself to continuously follow up, make a phone call every month, and an email every month. And for a year, I called him once a month, and I sent him an email. And I never got a response until a year later, and he said, yes, let's do it. And it was a $10,000 a year job, and I think we did that for three or four years. So I got $40,000 out of the deal. Follow-up is key to sales. And if you're not into sales, and if you think, oh, I'm just a wildlife technician, I don't need to know sales, you are very wrong. Sales is so important to everything in life especially if you're having to deal with customers on a day-to-day -day basis. And that doesn't mean you need to come off as overly aggressive. That doesn't mean you need to come off 
as a used car salesman type. You just need to come off as a professional that knows your service, that knows wildlife control. And overall, you just need to know how to negotiate and how to deal with people and how to read people and how to identify different situations. So if you're doing everything that you should be doing in terms of sales, your closing rate, your following up, you guys are doing everything you should be doing to utilize the opportunity of those 100 leads that you're getting, that's when you go ahead and increase your leads. Because if you're not doing everything, and you're increasing your leads, you're wasting money. Because you could be making more money off of the 100 leads that you're getting. You're just leaving money on the table. And there's a lot of different things that you can do, obviously, to increase your sales. And, and that's probably where you should go back and listen to some of my older episodes on recurring revenue and, and different types of uh, strategies to increase your sales. But you should try and get everything that you can while you're there at the customer's house. And there's little things. Little things really, really add up. Little fees throughout the year on, on small repairs. You know, when you look at a, at a proposal and your price gets you to, let's just say, $2,000 for a job, do you think the customer would still do it if it was $2,100? Because they probably would. $100 isn't a big difference. But when you're doing that a couple times a day, it adds up. That's 200 bucks a day. And you know, for the year, that really adds up. So you really got to understand that the little things really add up. And they do make a difference. And they do... They, you know, that goes right to your bottom line of your monthly P&L, your profit and loss statement that you should be doing each month so you can track your numbers and see where you're at and see where your sales are, your collections are. Uh, look at all of your data from the prior month for your, your financials, and it gives you a good understanding of, of what you need to do to improve going forward. But once you do all those things and you get on track and you are you are hitting your goals and you took that that 100 lead uh, that you're getting and you made the best of them and you got it to rather than $30,000 a month, maybe you get it to $50,000 a month. Now you're cranking and you're doing what you should be doing. And that's when you should go ahead and pull the trigger and grab a second salesperson in there. You get that second salesperson trained and boom, you start increasing those leads. So one way that we deal with the, the possibility of having a second sales rep is we cut our territory in half. So depending on where you live, that could be north and south are split in half or east and west, whatever. Uh, county lines, city, city limits, zip codes, whatever, however you want to do it. And, and typically what we're going to do is the more experienced salesperson, the senior salesperson, we ask them, which area do you want? Like, tell me which area that you want. Most good salespeople would say, I want everywhere. But say, look, that's not going to happen. We're going to cut the territory in half because you're going to get the same number of leads. You're just not going to have to drive as far. 
And so you let them pick the areas that they want that are realistic and you still cut the territory in half. They take one half, the new guy gets the other half, and then you split up the leads. If, if whoever's taking the call should know, hey, this sales rep's going to get this area and this other sales rep is going to get these other areas. And they should get an even split. And it's very important as an owner or a manager to watch that closely and make sure that it is equal and you are getting what you're paying for. If you've doubled or, or tripled your ad budget and now you're getting a lot more leads, well, make sure that they're, they're going equally or as equally as possible. So one thing that we do is a biweekly sales report. Every two weeks, we do a short sales report. Now, obviously, we're looking every day, but that two-week sales report has how many leads each salesperson got and then what their sales were. And that tells us, you know, are we on track? Is this guy getting too much? Is this guy not getting enough? Do we need to tweak anything? Do we need to move one of the the zip codes around or or whatever? We want to make it as fair as possible. And now at this point with a new guy, he's trained, he's good at what he does. I have my existing guy doing his sales. I should be easily at a million dollars a year in revenue. Now, another factor here is every, everywhere in the country, you can definitely do a million dollars in wildlife control sales. There's just different ways to get there. Some areas just don't have as many uh, suburban housing developments, and maybe it's more industrial, and your clientele is going to be different, and you're going to have to do different things to get in front of that clientele, because some areas, it's not all about the leads, it's about the prospecting too, and cold calling and getting in front of the right people. They're just not going to come looking for you. There's also government jobs that you can bid on. Very time-consuming, lots of paperwork, very difficult for the small companies to get in. Sometimes it's incredibly difficult. But sometimes you can partner up with larger companies that are already in with those big industrial plants or government uh, facilities, and they can sub you out. So, you know, there's different opportunities there uh, in every territory. I've worked pretty much all over Florida, all over Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, North Carolina, um, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, um, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, um, let's see where else, Illinois, Texas. So every area is different, and, and I have seen that over the years, but If you are in an area that does have a large residential population and a large um, commercial areas with businesses, you're probably going to be able to have the same opportunities as anyone else. You might just have to drive a little bit further um, to get to that million dollars a year. You know, your territory size rather than being, uh, you know, 30 minutes around your city might have to be two hours in order to get to enough people. And one thing I strongly recommend is you actually do a search to see how many people live in your territory. Because the more people that you're able to get to, the larger opportunity you have, and then the higher your sales can be.
But these bigger jobs coming from these bigger businesses, governments, industrial plants, things like that, these are places that have a lot deeper pockets than your average residential client. And, you know, quality of leads does play a factor in your sales. You know, if, if your leads are heavily just industrial plants, your proposal, your average proposal size is probably going to be a lot larger. You know, they're seeing lots of bird and bat and rodent situations. So your average proposal for a big industrial plant might be $20,000 or $10,000. Whereas with a residential situation, it might be anywhere from $500 to $2,000 or sometimes more. So you have to think about all of those things when you're looking at your goals. You need to look at your area. And obviously this podcast is for everywhere, not just one specific spot. So having an open mind and looking at your surroundings can give you a better idea of what you need to do to hit your million dollar a year goal. So as you get that second salesperson on board, most, well, first of all, your sales should double, right? Or at least close to double, which means your work size and workload is doubling. So guess what? Now you should probably look at your technicians. You know, you look look at your technicians and see what each one is able to accomplish. You know, I think for us, our goal for a repair technician that's just doing exclusion, they should be completing about two to $300,000 a year in uh, production and revenue. And then our trappers, it's going to be a little bit less. They're going to be somewhere around one hundred and sixty to 200000 um, That's typically what we see. Sometimes it's a little bit higher. It, it just depends. And we're going to hire people based off of the revenue, not based off of how long something takes for, for Joe the trapper. We want to really look at the revenue because that's what makes sense to us. Um, it's, it's not about so much what one guy that one guy is slower than another. Um, it is what it is. And we don't want to say, hey, this guy can't work as fast, so we're going to give him less to do, but he's going to work the same number of hours. That just doesn't work. Um, we want to make sure that it's fair across the board. And uh, obviously, we're always looking for people that have a huge sense of urgency and a clear understanding at what we're trying to accomplish. So, you know, to get to a million dollar sales is really not that hard. It just will require you to tweak some things that you maybe didn't tweak before and also for you to let go a little bit. When you're the one out there doing all of the work uh, and you're used to being the one that's doing all the work and dealing with all the customers, when you kind of pass that torch to someone else to run for you, um, you know, it could be it can be pretty hard. But you gotta you gotta sit back and let people do their jobs and then just just verify, you know, trust they do their job, but then check to make sure they're doing their jobs. And if they're not, then step in and, and help them and guide them where they need help. But you you can't just jump in and every time there's a little situation and, and, and do the job for your manager or your salesperson or your technician just because they made a mistake. Uh, people are going to have to learn through trial and error. You're going to have upset customers. You're going to have upset employees. But overall, you just need to understand that it's a process and it's not going to be perfect. Look, as you get bigger, 
things are just going to be more complicated. There's more moving parts and it's a lot harder to control the final product. You're, you're going to have shoddy exclusion work. You're going to have guys that forgot to pick up traps and they, they said they picked up the trap, but they didn't pick up the trap and you're, you're losing equipment. You're going to have people that are sleeping in on the jobs. You know, you're going to have these things that happen because the mindset of the employee is not the same mindset as the business owner, where you you want everything to be perfect and you want your customers to be happy. Um, some some employees just don't think that way. They're they're just trying to get a paycheck. So, you know, I, I'm not the best person to talk to when it comes to. Uh, building a super motivated team because it's a, it's a never ending challenge. I think you just have to hold people accountable. Um, you should be you know happy and friendly with them, but you know not be afraid to put your foot down when you see something wrong. And but you know usually it's just from lack of training and lack of understanding. So you know getting everybody on the same page, creating a a team mentality rather than I mentality. Uh, and I think you'll see that your business can thrive um, even if you don't have a ton of management experience. You know, when I started my business, I was 22 years old. I hired my first employee when I was 20, let's see, 25, 24, 25. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I had to learn from my mistakes. Uh, I learned a ton of things um, when I had my first group of employees. And you know, you, you get better with experience, just like with anything else in life. So you just got to get yourself out there and learn and always be trying to improve and, and get better with each day. So I know this episode is, uh, you know, something that can be applied to your business. And I think, you know, you got to believe that you can hit these goals because this is something that's very doable. It, it's, at the end of the day, a million dollars in sales is just more zeros. And you got to think every, every time you make a decision to do something in your business, you have to ask yourself, is it scalable? And when things are not scalable, it might be something that you don't just completely forget about, but understand that it's not going to be something that's going to work on a larger model. You know, we don't depend on referrals we don't depend on word of mouth. We depend on a system that generates leads. And that is primarily through our websites and uh, the internet. And without those things, our business would definitely be dead. But at the end of the day, we know that we can do cold calls. We know that we can do follow-up calls. And we can get in front of the right people to help our business uh, driving the sales it needs to thrive. So I hope this this message finds you well and helps you out in your business. And uh, you know we've been growing a lot these past few months um, this year in both the companies that I manage, and we are looking for great people to work for both of the companies that I'm running um, throughout the U.S. So if you're of any interest in working for me. Um, please reach out to Kyle at conservemail.com. We'd love to bring you into the team. People that have experience is a bonus. Uh, people have experience in sales is a bonus. And even if you're looking to just have a strategic partner 
in your business and you're, you're running your own wildlife control company right now, I'd love to talk to you. So again, shoot me an email, kyle at conservemail.com. Thanks.